This is The Bouquet Toss, a wedding planning podcast brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss for a special episode about prenuptial agreements. You probably aren't thinking about prenups while you're basking in that newly engaged glow, but today we're talking all about why you should consider one before you head down the aisle. We hope this discussion can help clear up common misconceptions about the process and ditch the stigma over something that can actually be very practical. With us today are Julia and Sarah Beth from Hello Prenup. Hello Prenup is the first online platform for couples who wish to create a prenuptial agreement in hours instead of months and for a fraction of the cost of traditional methods. Hello Prenup has been featured on Shark Tank, CNN, Forbes, the Boston Globe, and more. And we're so excited to have you ladies here to unpack this stigmatized and touchy subject for couples. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so we're going to read just a little bit more about you guys so everybody can know more. So Julia Rogers is the chief executive officer and co-founder of Hello Prenup. She's a seasoned divorce attorney in Boston, Massachusetts, and has experience working for one of the top family law firms in the state of Massachusetts. Julia developed the idea for Hello Prenup after speaking with many engaged couples looking for a prenuptial agreement who were intimidated by the process and the costs associated with hiring an attorney. Sarah Beth Jaffe is the Chief Technology Officer and co-founder of Hello Prenup, a multifaceted software engineer based out of Seattle, Washington. Sarah Beth has worked at Microsoft, nonprofits, and startups. After getting engaged, she realized the need for a digital platform that allows couples to collaboratively agree to the terms of a marital agreement together and for way less money than going to an attorney. So now that we just gabbed about you guys, we're so excited that you're here. We want you guys to chime in and we want you to start off with getting down to the nitty gritty of what is a prenup? Sure. A prenuptial agreement is an agreement created by two engaged parties that allows parties to separate out what assets will be considered theirs and theirs alone versus what assets they would like to be considered marital or in some states we call that community property. A prenuptial agreement can also allow couples to contract to how those assets will be managed during the marriage and in the event of a divorce. Great. So, I mean, this might be an obvious thing, but I would love to get your take on it. Why do you think that there's such a stigma about prenups? I think it's especially funny because so much of what we talk about on the bouquet toss is like, we're trying to move past the point where marriage was an agreement where like a woman was sold off to a man, right? A prenup is one of the biggest things that prevents that sort of like thinking and that narrative from still being what we believe in. So why is there so much of like a weird feeling around it? I think historically prenups have been used to protect the wealthier spouse from the less wealthy spouse. So we think about, you know, the older gentleman marrying a woman in her early 20s and he's trying to protect his wealth from her. But that's really not what, how prenups are used now. And in fact, I think millennials and now Gen Zers are really changing the game. As millennials, many of us are children of divorced parents. We saw what our parents went through, especially how that divorce may have affected our mothers or her earning potential. And so now we're looking at prenups as a way to really protect both spouses. And at Hello Prenup, we believe that they can really protect the more vulnerable party, which oftentimes in a marriage tends to be 
the woman because the woman is the one who has the children and oftentimes is so greatly affected when she has to leave work for you know any period of time. So prenups really offer both parties the opportunity to protect themselves in a marriage and, and also feel really comfortable about how they operate in that marriage with respect to finances. Yeah, I think it's such an important topic that needs to be discussed more, which is why we wanted to have y'all on. And I think there's this kind of misconception among couples that going into the marriage with this like legal document of how things are going to be split if in case of a divorce is like unromantic or like you're willing the marriage to fail or things like that. And so like, what would you say to a couple who might be struggling with those sorts of like feelings or ideas about what a prenup you know, the purpose of a prenup, I guess. I think a lot of young engaged couples understand that marriage is a very serious and an important and also legal process. One thing that they might not understand, though, is that if they don't get a prenup, they essentially get one through their state's laws. Uh, so we always try to educate people on the fact that if you don't take this into your own hands, your financial property could be distributed according to your state laws in the event of a separation. If you don't have a prenup and you don't set out the terms with which you both agree to, you are then defaulting to state's laws and they will decide for you. I think a lot of engaged folks, whether they're millennials or Gen Z, understand that marriage is a very serious, important process. So not only do you have to go to your state to get a marital contract, but they are kind of understanding that it's not only an emotional, but a financial decision to be seen as a joint party with your future spouse. We think that a prenup can actually be seen as a very romantic process that can actually bring you closer with your spouse because you're talking about not only the details of your wedding day, but the details of your marriage going forward. So a prenup can actually be used as a financial planning tool uh, so that you can have a beautiful and very communicative marriage going forward with your spouse. I love that reframe. I think that's a really important thing to lean into. Can you give us some examples? You had mentioned that if you don't do this preemptively yourself, you would default to the state's rules and regulations. Can you just give an example of like something that could happen if, if that's the route you went? Let's talk about alimony. Alimony is a really easy one. Alimony are also called spousal support in certain states. So if you do not contract around alimony or spousal support, whether that be choosing to waive it or choosing to alter it in any way, automatically on upon divorce, the state has guidelines with how alimony or spousal support should be allocated, and they will decide for you. And that may mean if you have a shorter term marriage, you will not be eligible for spousal support. That may mean that if you have a 25 year marriage, you will be paying spousal support until you reach social security retirement age, right? So if you got married really young, you could be paying spousal support for a very long time. So there are all of these different mechanisms in play that with a prenuptial agreement allow you to make the decision for yourself. 
Yeah, I think this brings up so many important conversations. Obviously, I always encourage couples to do premarital counseling, but then this is like another layer, right? Because you're mapping out more of that future together that you envision, like kind of setting expectations for, you know, what you want your your future to look like together. And a lot of that is financial related decisions, whether one of you is going to stay home and raise children, things like that. So I can definitely see how this provides an opportunity and a set aside time to have those important discussions that otherwise feel a little uncomfortable and hard to talk about. So, yeah, I feel like this should be a mandatory part of like a wedding planning timeline because (laughs) she's like, you can do our marketing Um, (laughs) because like you think about it, a wedding is the part every everybody wants to think of it as like the magic the fairy tale the like oh this is so beautiful we're choosing to spend our lives together and you can get so caught up in all of like that nice floaty stuff that literally lasts for a day and then forget to even acknowledge like getting married is not just getting up in front of all of your family and friends and saying we promise to love each other forever literally it's a legal binding contract and i feel like that is not talked about enough i feel like this obviously goes back to like you know a patriarchal society a capitalistic society but we all kind of just like feel like okay well like that's what you do you get married because especially as a woman maybe you feel like you're going to need protection or you're going to need somebody to help you live the lifestyle that you want to be able to live. If you want kids, like you're going to, you know, not to make it like unsexy or unromantic, of course you love this person, but there's so much more than just being able to declare like this person is the one. That's like not really what you're doing. You're more so being like, we are going to tie our financial lives and our identities to each other. That's, That's a whole deeper can of worms to even be thinking about. Well, I think it leads it leads to what is, you know, what are our notions of romance, right? Society tells us romance should just be this thing that is, it's really amorphous. It's really fleeting. You know, this person that you've chosen, it, it's so exciting because, you know, they've become everything that you ever wanted in a partner. And The reality, I I am married with a child, so I'm kind of speaking from my perspective, is the reality is that to succeed in a marriage, communication is key. And I say that from the perspective of a divorce attorney who has seen what happens when people don't communicate, you know, they end up in my office, Um, but also as a married working woman and a mother, once you get married and once you have kids the success or likelihood of success on your marriage really hinges on how well you can communicate. That is where, you know, if you were to back that up to before your wedding, that is a prenup. You are sitting down, you're talking about your life goals. It's more than just finance. It's, are we going to have kids? And if we have kids, are we both going to keep working? You know, if one of us doesn't continue working, what does that mean? Or if we both keep working, what does that look like if we have children? Where do we want to live? You know, do we want to retire early? How do we want to manage our finances? Do we want to go on, you know, one or two or three vacations every year? These are all things that are really underpinnings of a prenuptial agreement. And that communication, I truly believe, is essential for a successful long-term marriage. 
we've heard, you know, many times that the largest point of contention with romantic relationships is often stressors around money. And so we just highly encourage couples to talk freely and transparently about their financial situation and also how they view money and their risk tolerance uh, for things like investments and possibly new technologies that are coming in these days, like NFTs and crypto. If you have a completely different understanding of how you want your finances to go, if you're a big saver, but your fiance is a big spender, or if you're willing to take these huge financial risks and buy this NFT and you think it's going to really appreciate and value, but your spouse is you know, very unsure about that, that can really start arguments with you too. And so it's very important before you tie the knot with your fiance to figure out if you do have different, we call them money personalities. If you have different money personalities or perspectives or histories on your finances, it's very important to at least communicate that with your fiance before going into marriage. I really love how practical you are making this because I think anybody can relate to wanting to feel comfortable in like a financial conversation with their partner, right? It's like when you think of a prenup and you just attach it to like people who have been divorced or like really rich people who needed to worry about someone trying to like benefit off of their money, it feels so far away and it feels like it doesn't apply. But when you actually break it down to what it is addressing, it's financial circumstances that every single person entering into a partnership, into a marriage should be considering. And like what you can basically discern from it is that if you don't have these conversations, if you don't have a prenup and you don't like really place the attention on it, you're kind of saying, whatever happens, we'll have to just figure it out then. And especially in the world we're living in now, COVID threw a wrench in everybody's life's plans and expectations. And like, you just don't know what could happen. So the idea of just forward thinking enough to even just like, no one's saying you can predict the future, right? A prenup is not going to do that either, but it's at least allowing you to get clear on like what is important to you, how you need to, how you need to communicate that. And then also like the design for like the path you want your marriage to take. Yeah. And I think during the pandemic, a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people left their jobs. Um, a lot of people reconsidered what they really wanted out of life. And a lot of people started businesses and starting a business is where a prenup can really protect you and protect your business in the long run. Or if you're the spouse of someone or future spouse of someone who's starting a business, a prenup can protect you from the debt that business may incur. Um, so this is, you know, a lot of millennials started businesses during the pandemic. Um, and I like to kind of break it down from a practical perspective. So if you were to start a business um, and you take on debt, as I said before, your spouse could actually be uh, responsible in the future for some of that debt if the business doesn't work out. In addition to that, let's say you start a business, it grows, it becomes really successful. If you do not have a prenuptial agreement, your spouse could be entitled to 50% or more or less of whatever your interest in that business is. Um, and that is in some ways a best case scenario. Um, but what would happen is 
you know, in a divorce, um, that business would be valued and you may have to pay them out the cash value of that business. And I see that in divorces all of the time. People just think, oh, you know, my spouse could maybe demand to have some control over that business. Yes, that too. Um, I like to really break it down. Practically speaking, how difficult would that be to have to extract this cash value equity in your business to pay out your spouse in a divorce? Just think about that. On the topic of debt, nobody understands the importance of understanding debts and liabilities than couples these days with the increase in student debts. That's something really important to understand before going into your marriage. How much student debt does your partner have? What's their plan for that? Are their parents helping them out with paying off their student debt? And how is that going to impact your future finances, such as your ability to buy a house? Things that are extremely practical to know, like your partner's credit score. I actually didn't know that once you get married to your spouse, their credit score could actually affect your credit score. So it is very important to understand where your fiance is coming into the marriage from. And if one of you is very passionate about finances and financial freedom, and one of you is very unknowledgeable, it's very important for both of you to get on the same page at minimum. Another thing that people don't often think about that a prenup can protect you with is respect to inheritance. You know, this is something oftentimes that parents will think of um, and ask their children to get prenups. Um, but, you know, the vast majority of people just think, well, inheritance is always considered separate because it's my parents giving it to me. So why would that ever be considered marital? And whether your inheritance is really significant or a small sum of money, it always drums up the same emotion in people, right? That's mine. That came from my family. That should be mine. Well, if you don't have a prenuptial agreement, not necessarily. Some states will automatically exclude inheritance that has not been commingled. Some states automatically include inheritance as marital property. So if you do not have a prenuptial agreement and you do not contract to these terms prior to marriage, you are leaving it up to your state's laws and if you don't like them, you're going to be in a spot where you could, you know, you could be at a major loss. Okay. So with all of that in mind, I need to ask, especially having a lawyer sitting in front of me, I feel like, and I've mentioned this on the show before, but I feel like there's so much archaic law that goes into marriage. Just even hearing you saying like that could be considered marital property. I just, I need a little bit more context around like the laws, how long ago they were formed? Are people trying to change these laws? Like what are the conversations around modern marriage and the law? Yeah, I mean, so modern law, right? When we talk about family law goes back really far. Um, I'm not a historian. I can't tell you all of the history of family law, but really traditionally states are split up into one of two categories. They're either equitable division states, which basically means the state has a list of enumerated factors that will be considered in the event of a divorce, um, you know, pertaining to asset division, or they are community property states that say basically anything prior to marriage remains separate 
and anything attained during marriage will be considered community property. And there will be, you know, a couple different exceptions on either end. And so states fall into one of those two categories. And that's really how family law around the country has developed. So when we talk about something like alimony, right, alimony is a a really good example of law going way back and, and being slightly archaic. Alimony comes from the idea that after a husband and wife get divorced, a woman cannot support herself. And so the ex-husband's job would be to pay the wife in increments in order to help support her. Now, if we fast forward today, alimony is still a thing. Um, alimony was actually only considered for women up until the 1970s. And I think it was in the mid-70s that it became gender neutral. However, 97% of alimony payments are still to women. So although we view these things as being very archaic, and in some ways they are, it is really interesting when you start to look at these statistics and see how these mechanisms can protect women um, or in some cases can hurt them if they have to pay their husbands. We have a lot of, you know, there are a lot of women out there and, and we're very proud to be two of them who are really career focused and would probably choose not to leave their careers and their professions and then could be the ones paying alimony. <laughs> so it's interesting to see how things have evolved over time. <laughs> For sure. I'm curious, just knowing that the laws are so different state by state, would you say there are any particular states that couples might want to just make sure that they're aware of all the laws so they can make the best decisions for them? Yeah. So every state is different um, and every state's divorce laws are different. Alimony laws are different. When it comes to prenups specifically, I think California tends to be one of the most complex states with respect to what equals a valid prenuptial agreement. And if you go to our website, helloprenup.com, and and click on the state page of California, you can actually read an entire list of what is required for a California prenup. They have this thing called the seven-day rule where the um, agreement has to actually be, the final version of the agreement has to be presented at least seven days prior to signing, or if you are waiving or modifying spousal support in any way, the party who is adversely affected or the one who is waiving or modifying has to then obtain an attorney at the time the agreement is signed. Most states do not have all of these requirements, but the one requirement that is really a common thread, I would say with the vast majority of states is full financial disclosure. The best way that I can describe this is if you are not listing out all of your assets, income, and debt on your financial schedule, then how is it possible that your future spouse is waiving their rights to those income assets or debt in the future? So a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm looking at this financial form. This is a lot. (laughs) I don't have time for this. I'm going to pass. And we just like to reiterate how important that financial schedule is, because if in the future your prenuptial agreement is in question and being litigated and a judge has to look at that and decide whether or not to enforce it, and you were not forthcoming with all of your income assets and debt at the time you were married and you were hiding things or you know you pretended you didn't you know have that crypto account or that bank account and it gets discovered later it could put the enforceability of your entire prenup in jeopardy. 
So it is, again, it is really, really important to be um, as thorough as possible on that uh, financial schedule. And I think that sets you off with a great precedent to start your marriage. You're putting all of your cards out on the table. There's nothing to hide. And so you're kind of starting at a clean slate. And to talk about kind of the time-sucking nature of most legal situations, as a budget-savvy bride, you're going to be really busy planning all the details of your wedding, you know, from the place settings, the DJ, the dress, there's all these things that you need to be working on. And so a lot of couples come to us at Hello Prenup saying, I do not have time to hire an attorney, or in some cases, attorneys won't even take on your prenuptial agreement case if there is not significant time. We're talking months before your wedding. So a lot of people come to us because they say a prenuptial agreement and financial stability is very important to me. And actually creating a prenuptial agreement on our platform takes on average one to two hours, whereas working with an attorney Hiring the attorney and going back and forth, negotiating things through email. I love attorneys, but they are kind of notoriously a little bit slow due to the nature of their willingness to take on new technology. Um, and so a lot of couples come to us because of the time, the timeliness nature of getting this agreement put together. So Hello Prenup is a really great option for brides who realize, hey, I actually think a prenup is a really good idea for us. And we can get this done in a weekend and be ready to go for our marriage. And I just want to clarify, um, if you are someone who has plenty of time before your wedding and you're just looking for a more budget savvy solution, Hello Prenup is great because you can actually walk through the process of creating a prenuptial agreement collaboratively with your future spouse. You can then take that draft agreement, which you can download in Word format. And if you want attorney advice or attorney representation, you can then bring that fully formed draft to an attorney. And that's going to save you thousands of dollars. And a lot of our couples choose to do that. That's really great advice. And, you know, one thing that we're really passionate about is sharing resources that help make the entire wedding planning process simpler, savvier, and less stressful. You know, this is going to save you time. This is going to save you money. I just think it's brilliant what, what you ladies have built. So. Thank you. And I love that it just makes the whole thing feel so much more accessible. Like the thought of being like, I have to hire a lawyer for my prenuptial agreement sounds terrifying, but this is literally the same way that millennials and Gen Z are so used to doing everything online. Like this is brought to your fingertips, the way you consume and live your life already. So it's just like such an easy application. So kudos to you guys for making something so helpful. I have to ask though, I know it's called prenup for a reason. Is it ever too late to figure this out? Like if you got married already, could you then log in to Hello Prenup and make a prenuptial agreement? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So a prenuptial agreement has to be done before your wedding. And this is a really common problem. A lot of people think, well, I can just start my prenup a week or two weeks before my wedding and like, whoopsies, we ran out of time. We'll just finish it after. No big deal. No, a prenuptial agreement has to be done, signed, sealed, delivered, all of it prior to getting married. And if it is not, it's then you can consider a postnuptial agreement. But I like to caution people 
postnuptial agreements are not the same as prenups because at that point, you are already married. And so states view them very differently. There are some states that are really hesitant to enforce postnups at all. And they are pretty new. I like to call postnups the prenup of like 15 years ago, right? So prenups have increased in, po in popularity over the last 10 to 15 years. Postnups are getting there. I've seen them become more popular over the last two to three years, I would say. I think as people have really started to see the benefit of prenups, they start thinking, well, although I'm already married, how can this benefit me? How can this improve my relationship? And so they are looking to postnups. But again, if you are planning to get married and you are interested in a prenup, please don't wait until the last minute. <laughs> So with that in mind, is there a um, suggested time period before the wedding day that you would recommend that couples look into this or take this on or check this off their list? I would say give yourself three months. It doesn't take three months, but give yourself at least three months because you know you have to talk about it first. You have to have the prenup conversation with your future spouse. If they aren't already on the same page with you about getting a prenup, you're going to have to open up and be really vulnerable about why you want this agreement. Is it because your parents got divorced? Is it because you're really nervous about their student debt or your student debt? Is it because one of you is starting a business or one of you has inheritance? You really have to leave time for that conversation. You do not want to rush that. Three months is also helpful because it gives you enough time to work through the questionnaire, work through the financial schedule in the questionnaire, and then if you want to hire an attorney, you will have time because what happens is when you wait until the last minute, yes, you can use Hello Prenup. It takes two hours, right? And you print out your agreement, no big deal. But if you want to hire an attorney, no attorney is going to be available a week before a wedding. I mean, it's just really rare. Um, and especially, you know, when you're hiring an attorney for a prenup, you want to make sure you're shopping around, you're hiring someone you feel really comfortable with. So you need to leave yourself enough time. And that's where we come up with that three month number. And in fact, we actually encourage folks to talk about this ideally before they get engaged. Uh, so it kind of depends on your comfort level with your spouse, how much and how often you talk about your finances. But ideally, before you decide to pop the question, hopefully you guys have talked about your financial situation and your joint partnership together and have considered getting a prenuptial agreement. Of course, you can change your mind after you get engaged, but as soon as possible during your relationship is generally what we recommend. I love that. It's never too soon to have these conversations. They're so important. Exactly. It's kind of like talking about, do you want children? That's a very serious conversation, and you should probably talk about it before you get engaged. Totally agree. So logistically, I have a question. You go through the process on Hello Prenup. You have this document. I guess you both sign it, right? How does that then become, is it like public record? Is it, are you filing it with your state? Like, what is that next step? So a prenup is a private contract. In some states, you are able to actually file your prenup if you want it on record um, with respect to a piece of property, but that's kind of an anomaly. Generally, no, you do not file your prenup anywhere. You just hold on to it. So when you sign your prenuptial agreement, you need to get your signatures notarized. We use notarize.com because it's, I believe, $25 and you can do it online. So it's really simple and really seamless with our software. Once your signatures are notarized, 
we always recommend keeping three original signed notarized copies of your prenuptial agreement. We say three because you should keep one, your partner should keep one, and then you should keep one together in a safe place. And they should all be originals. That agreement you hold, you hopefully never have to deal with it again. But if you do get divorced in the future and you need to pull it out, at least there are three of them. You will find one. Okay. Thank you. That definitely clears it up. I also have another question and I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but we've talked so much about like in case of divorce, but also in case of death is like the other, you know, big thing for having a prenup. I would love if you could talk through just some of the things that, you know, like why it's important to have these discussions in case of death, right? Like we talked about your inheritance or your student loans or something like getting placed on your spouse. How does that work if one of you is no longer here? So um, a prenup in the context of death typically harkens back to whatever is in your will or your trust. So a prenup's job is really to focus on what happens to assets during the marriage and in the event of divorce. It can also help point to a will or a trust and state that in the event of death, any of the assets that are protected in the prenup should remain separate and should not be distributed to the remaining spouse. And this is most important, I think, in situations where you have a second marriage. Um, so one party is trying to hold assets and protect these assets for their children from a prior marriage or has an obligation to do so for the ex-spouse. So is this like, I mean, I'm just kind of assuming most people don't think about their will when they're young and like in love and getting married. But th is this also a time like you're doing your prenup, you should also be looking at your wills before you guys say I do? Yeah. I mean, I think there are three really important things you need to do when you get married. You know, before you get married, it's your prenup. You know, the second thing is your will or a trust that you're setting up with your future spouse. And then I think life insurance. Um, and, you know, I say this just out of my own experience. I mean, obviously I, you know, my husband and I were the first beta users of Hello Prenup. So we had that one down, but then I, you know, it was kind of shocking to me when I got married. I was like, oh my God, we have to like, think of all of these things, like what's going to happen to our stuff and, you know, what are we leaving each other and putting our house in a trust and all this crazy stuff that I, you know, I never thought we would have to deal with until I was much older. And, and then, you know, same with the life insurance. So I think those, those three pieces are, are really key once you get married. What's the timeline for that though? Can you kind of worry about the trusts and the wills after you get married because you're a little busy before the whole marriage thing? Yeah, I think the will and the trust or, you know, however you're setting up your estate plan can be after you get married. You know, the prenup is the one thing that really needs to happen before. And in a lot of cases, you know, you, you do have to be married in order to set up wills or trusts in, in certain ways. So, so it's something that I think you want to start thinking about and having that conversation about with your future spouse prior to marriage um, and maybe even talking to attorneys if, you know, or there's a great legal tech company called Trust and Will, and you can go to their website and actually create your trust or will online through them. And it's a really easy, simple, seamless process, but definitely, you know, all things you need to think about. 
I think this is so important. I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation with you guys. So thank you for that resource. That's an amazing place for people to look. But also we have a special code with you guys at Hello Prenup that we wanna make sure our listeners know about. So if you use code Budget Savvy Bride, you can save $50 off of your prenup through helloprenup.com. That is so generous of you guys. We're so thankful. And we really hope so many people get to take advantage of that. Yes, of course. We love your community that you guys have built. We're all about budget savviness and financial stability with your future partner. So we're so excited that your budget savvy community has access to that discount code. Yes. Thank you so much for offering that. I hope that all of our listeners consider taking advantage of it because the way you guys have turned what could be a contentious, uncomfortable situation into something that's collaborative that you can talk through together with your spouse in a dedicated amount of time, I think is just super savvy. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride. We would love for you to join us in our free private community to get support and inspiration from other couples currently planning their weddings too. Consider the bouquet tossed in your direction so you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay savvy and stay tuned for our next episode. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.